Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. church because we are going to look at our 2021 theme. Last year our theme was be ye doers of the word and not merely hearers. And so our theme this year and it's going to it, you're going to, it's going to take a little bit to get it in your brain. Our theme this year is our ordinary church. And you're thinking, wait a second, what in the world does that mean? Well, we're going to dig into what that means this morning. If you have a bulletin, there's an opportunity for you to take some notes, and you can do that on the back side there. We're going to take a look at a passage in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47 today. And what I want to do is read this, and then I want to kind of explain what our concept here is. So... My brother attends a church in California, and it's called Mariners. When I visit his church, words like epic, extreme, revolutionary, innovative, professional, impactful, life-changing, and awesome come to mind. And I think this is true. Their donut budget is bigger than our yearly budget. Whatever happened to the word ordinary? Of its many meanings, one is of a kind to be expected. Of a kind to be expected. When we look at the very first church, and we're going to do that this morning, when we look at the very first church in the book of Acts, I want you to notice how ordinary it was. And we're going to be coming back to that word ordinary a lot, and we're going to be coming back to the phrase, of a kind to be expected. Of a kind to be expected. So after Jesus rose from the dead... And before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples to wait for the promised gift. And we know that promised gift was the Holy Spirit that was given at Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 1 and 2, Peter preaches a sermon which resulted in 3,000 converts. 3,000 converts. And that's what it says. Take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 2. And uh, you will notice that in Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches this sermon. And at the end of Acts chapter, well, at, at verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, it says this. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then our text this morning, they, and we'll figure out what that is, they, or who that is, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together 
and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is the reading of God's word, and that is a picture of the very first church. The very first church. Doesn't say it was a Lutheran church, doesn't say it was a Baptist church, but it was the very first church. And there were a lot of things that they did were just very ordinary things. And that's what I want us to talk about, and uh, we're going to do that with eight points. And you're thinking to yourself, eight points? That's like double what we normally have. Well, you're right. But we're going to get through them pretty quickly. The ordinary church is made up of believers. So those of you that have, those of you that are bulletin observers will also know that what I am about to do is actually also written on the front page of your bulletin. So if you don't want to take notes, all the answers are on the front page. Doesn't mean you can go to sleep, but just all the answers are there on the front page. And the first one is this. The ordinary church is made up of believers. It starts with verse 42 and with the word they. So who are they? They are the current disciples of Jesus, which at the time of Pentecost we think are around 500. There are about 500 followers of Christ at this time. Talks about that in First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. And then, after Peter preaches his sermon, 3,000 are added to the number that day. And so there's probably around 3,500 what you would call Christ followers, and they are the believers that constituted this early church. The first thing that we notice about this ordinary church is that it's full of believers. And that's the, probably one of the first things we notice about our church. Prayerfully, hopefully, it's full of believers. The church is designed by God for believers. Now, of course, non-believers are welcomed and even encouraged to come. That's how we fulfill the Great Commission, go into all the world and present the gospel. So, of course, non-believers are welcomed and encouraged to attend our church. But an ordinary church is filled with saved people. An ordinary church is filled with saved people. And if people aren't saved, then that's one of the responsibilities of the church is to encourage them to be saved. So an ordinary church is made up of believers. The second thing that we notice, the ordinary church is committed to God's word. The ordinary church is committed to God's word. To this first church, the word of God was basically the Old Testament. But we also read that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. To the apostles' teaching. There are twelve apostles now. Matthias takes over for Judas, who kills himself. And there are twelve apostles. And these twelve apostles were the bearers of divine truth, which was authenticated by the miracles that they did. 
So, so these apostles, the ones that were with Jesus, were the bearers of Jesus' words, and later they wrote most of the New Testament, or a lot of the New Testament. And so these apostles were the bearers of divine truth, which was authenticated by the miracles they did. And it says the people then devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first ordinary church was committed. It was to be expected to be committed to the teaching and application of God's word. The application is obedience. It's kind of to be expected. If you go to church, hopefully you find one where they open the Bible. Because the ordinary church is committed to God's word. It's what we do here. It's what we do on Saturday mornings in our men's group. What the ladies do on Wednesday mornings in their group. What we do on Wednesday nights. What we do in Sunday school and what we do in our worship. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. The ordinary church is a shared life. If you're taking notes, the ordinary church is a shared life. This early church was also committed to spiritual togetherness, a partnership, a living out. That's what we do here. We live out our faith together, a shared life. An ordinary church is not an event for people to come and watch. It's important. An ordinary church is not an event for people to come and watch. Church is not a spectator sport. Church is where we practice biblical truth together. We do it together. We practice biblical truth together. It's where we practice the one another's. And quite a few years ago, we did a sermon series on the one another's. Love one another. Care for one another. Give to one another. Bear up one another's burdens. All of those kinds of things. That's what we do together. The ordinary church is a shared life. It's where we fellowship. That's the word it used. And to fellowship... The apostles, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. It's to be expected. It's ordinary. The next thing I want you to notice is the ordinary church remembers the cross. The ordinary church remembers the cross. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. We're going to talk about that for a moment. In this early church, they had what was called a love feast. They'd gather on Sundays and they'd eat together. And as a part of their eating, they would also remember the Lord's Supper, where they would share the bread and the cup, which is what we will do this morning. And And we will remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross during the Lord's Supper. Now, if you remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul scolds the early church because their love feast became very selfish. The people were just thinking of themselves. They were eating first. They were, they were, they were running to the front of the line during the potluck, you know, and it was just kind of a mess. And so the apostle Paul scolds the early church for doing that. But the main thing that this early church did was gather around the Lord's table and remember the body and blood of Jesus. It's something 
to be expected in an ordinary church. And we do it the first Sunday of each month. It's expected. An ordinary church is a cross-centered church. All right, what else? Well, it says, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And the ordinary church uh, prays together. The ordinary church prays together. Truly converted people, Christians, that's us. We are a people of prayer. It's like it's, it's part of our DNA. It's expected. We pray corporately. We just did it in our service. It's called the pastoral prayer. We do that corporately. We do that together. We also encourage you to pray individually. And I'm assuming, and hopefully I'm not wrong, we also encourage you to do that as families. And one of the basic ways that you can do that as family is to pray at mealtime. I hope you do that. When I was a kid, God is great, God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. Amen. And we started getting so rote in that that my mom and dad banned that prayer. No more. Because we'd get there and we'd say, God's great, God's good, let us thank him for our food. Amen. We'd dig in. Finally, my mom said, no more. The prayer must not be that prayer. It needs to be a different prayer. And so we got a little creative. Dear God, thank you for this day. And thank you for the food. Amen. All right. Well, then my mom said, no, that's too short. You got to go a little deeper. All right. And so, but, but what I'm saying here is that we prayed together. We prayed together as a family. We were encouraged to pray individually. And as a church, we pray corporately. I can't imagine any pastor of any church saying our church prays way too much. I, just, I can't imagine any pastor ever saying that. And so, one of the things I am going to encourage us to do, and I'm going to uh, do that by kind of spearheading it, is I want us to pray more as a church. A church that prays together stays together. You know that. And then verse 43, I think verse 43 is, is interesting. Everyone, so when the church was doing these ordinary things, the church was full of believers, the church was committed to the apostles' teaching, the church was committed to fellowship, the church was committed to the cross, and the church was committed to prayer. When they just did these ordinary things, it says this in verse 43, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. When the church was doing the ordinary things, God did extraordinary things. And so that's what I really want us to get across this new year, is that we want to be a church that just does the ordinary things. They, the things we do are to be expected. They're to be expected. And if we're not doing them, somebody needs to raise their hand and say, Hey, we're not doing one of the eight things that you said we should do on January 3rd, 2021. So... Verse 43 says that when the first ordinary church did these things, God's presence was evident. But there's more. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything.
everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he or she had need. The ordinary church is giving. The ordinary church is giving. The people in this early church held on to their possessions lightly. They held on to their possessions lightly. We tend to hold on to our possessions tightly. I mean, our children learn this from a very young age. Mine! Mine! The early church held on to their possessions lightly. This early church was generous. It said they had everything in common. They sold their possessions and they kind of put it in a pot and everybody that had a need was taken care of. You know what? This is one thing I think is amazing about our church. We are a generous group of people. I mean, we are a generous group of people. I can mention a need, and I did. I mentioned a need, and people gave. I just mentioned it one time, and people gave abundantly. I mentioned another need, and people gave abundantly. I mentioned a need to two or three people, and they gave abundantly. This church is a giving church. It's also giving toward the budget. You know, 2020 was a weird year for churches and their income. I've talked to a lot of pastor friends who said, man, our, our budget and our giving tanked. Not this church. <laughs> what I think is funny is every year we talk about a budget. We're going to talk about it tonight at a meeting. And every year we have people that say, we'll never... We'll never be able to give that much. We've got to be real careful. That's way more. Well, this year, 2021, or 2020, we set a budget for an, our entire church of $121,000. And I remember back then, uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be tight. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tight. Well, guess what? <laughs> we gave $128,000 this year. And that's in this crazy year. We gave... Because we are a generous church. The ordinary church is a giving church. And the giving comes natural for Christ followers because of Matthew chapter 10 verse 8. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. Number seven, the ordinary church worships. The ordinary church worships. Now I don't know if we can get by with this here, but... In verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Starting tomorrow and for every day we're going to meet here at 10.30. Whose game? Well, <laughs> Laura's game. All right. I mean, it's kind of unreasonable. It can't really happen, but there it did. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, praising God. The ordinary church worships. Hey, that's what we do. On Sunday mornings from 10.30 to 11.30, that's what we do at this church. It's really important. Worship is expected in an ordinary church. In fact, it's elevated. 
In 2020, we discovered that when worship was taken away, it hurt. I mean, a lot of us had a hard time in our Christian faith when worship was taken, when the gathering... Now, of course, you can worship 24-7 in your home, but there's uh, the importance of gathering together. And in many churches, and ours too, we are still recovering what we lost. Our attendance is half of what it used to be. But Sunday mornings from 10.30 to 11.30 is vital to our existence. God made us this way. And I think it's interesting. Look at uh, the end of verse 47. Well, about, about the middle of verse 47. Praising God, and look at this, and enjoying the favor of all the people. Now, it's not just the people inside the four walls. They were enjoying the favor of the people, all the people. People inside and outside the four walls. The church doing these things, these ordinary things, caused non-believers to notice. Hey, when you're, a, when you're a generous church, it causes non-believers to notice. When you're a worshiping church, it causes non-believers to notice. And not so much notice, but it says they were enjoying the favor. The people were on board. And so it's important. Ordinary churches doing the ordinary things are, no, are noticed by our community. And then lastly, in an ordinary church, the Lord provides the growth. The Lord provides the growth in an ordinary church. Church growth is God's responsibility. A lot of people say it is pastor's responsibility. The leadership of the church's responsibility. Yeah, we have a part in it, of course. The body, of course, has a part of it. But Jesus says, I will build my church. That's what Jesus says. Now, it's our job to be an ordinary church doing these expected things. But we always have to remember that God provides the growth. When our church grows, it's because of God. It's not because I preached an awesome sermon. It's not because of anything that we do necessarily. It's because God. Paul says he planted. And he says Apollos watered. But God caused the growth. And so in 2021, I want us to be ordinary. And if you have your bulletin, it's going to be on the front cover Every single Sunday now, 52 Sundays of the year. And we're not going to sing, yes, Lord, yes. We're going to do something different. We're going to introduce that next week. But in 2021, I want us to be ordinary. And what I mean by that is I want these eight truths to be expected. When we come to the Minnetrista Baptist Church, when you come to the Minnetrista Baptist Church, you can expect, because we're an ordinary church, these eight things to happen. It's going to be the normal order of events. And if we're, if we're missing any, we need to be encouraging one another to pick up where maybe we've lacked. And then at the very bottom of your bulletin it says this the ordinary church then experiences the extraordinary blessings and I'm going to change that and put an S on it blessings of God the ordinary church then experiences because we have a supernatural God who wants to do supernatural things and I believe that as we 
do the ordinary things, then our supernatural God will extraordinarily bless us. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your word. It's very simple. It's very ordinary. And that church was. And because they were so ordinary, the people around them said, wow, there's something different. May the people around us say the same thing. And then because we serve an extraordinary God, as we do these ordinary things, we will see God do his extraordinary things in our life and in our church. You got the whole world in your hands and you got this church on this corner of this city, in this state, in this nation, in this world. And now, Lord, we will do what is ordinary, what is to be expected on the first Sunday of the month, the first Sunday of January, the first Sunday of this new year, we will share communion together. We will take two cups, one with a piece of bread in it and one with red grape juice in it, both symbolic of your broken body and your shed blood. And we will partake of these together and we will do this as your word commands in remembrance of you it's just something we do it's just something we remember and it's a promise that we hang on to so Lord we look forward to sharing communion together in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.